you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 676. Hey, Kyle Clark, what you got going on over on the Nerds Community Cardboard? Uh, this might be the thing I've been most excited yet. It's MurderMysteryScavengerHunt.com. Okay. It's in Southern California. There are three different places. Two are in Orange County and one is in Old Town San Diego. Where you and your scavenger hunt team go, they give you clues, and then you run around a historic part of a town solving a mystery. But they're not asking you to go murder someone. No. Okay, good. I mean, you can. Don't. You can't. Well, I mean, you can do whatever you want. When you say can't, past tense, you mean I shouldn't have. You should then. Fuck, Kyle. Now it's on. Now you've just implicated us. I just. Well, yeah, but Katie was there, so I it's fine. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what? what? She's walking scout. You know I'm bludgeoning a man any to death. Court, any court would let that totally <laughs> yeah. fly. I didn't even know. I was just walking my super chill dog. <laughs> I mean, oh. Scout was definitely into it. All the Scout was like, kill him. Oh. What do you got, Katie? Uh, so I wanted to highlight an episode of one of our other podcasts that we recently had. So. Kurt Brown only has the podcast The K-Hole, and he did a live Get Lost up in Bridgetown where he got a bus full of people. He made them all get blindfolded. And then they drove, and he took them to a to a place they'd all never been. And Speaking it was just of murders, fun and weird. And, he, and Jonah Ray and Matt Bronger were the guests, and so they get to this this fun and weird place, and they do a uh, they do a Easter egg hunt, and it's really awesome and fun. And it's out right now, so you guys can go listen to it. The K-Hole. That's fantastic. Well, Kurt's amazing, and he's always funny on At Midnight, and he's a great comic. But I, I miss. I was performing in um, I was performing in Milwaukee and Detroit this past weekend, so I missed Brit. I didn't get yeah. I didn't go to Bridgetown, but just watching all of the tweets and Instagram yeah. pictures, like yeah. oh, it's was like so, so much fun. <laughs> Bridgetown is in, it's in Portland. It's such a great. Uh, Andy Wood runs it. Yeah. And it's just it's a really great it's a great it's so festival. My friends uh, Jason Van Glass and Rob Schultz, who are both super funny comedians, went for their first time this year, and both are still beaming. I saw oh. them last night. I, I I played this. I did the second Bridgetown. Uh, with Mike Furman, we did Hard and Firm there, and then uh, got to do some some nerdist stuff. So it it's fantastic. Uh, if you're ever in Portland during Bridgetown, um, then you should absolutely go. Uh, this episode is Ingrid Michaelson, whom I met at a charity function, probably I don't know, like four or five months ago, and uh, she was super cool. And we hit it off, and I was like, "Got to come on the podcast sometime." And she said, "Yes." And so she did. And this is a this is an uh, one of our in studio performances. Ingrid is hilarious. Yeah, she's fucking hilarious. And besides being an incredibly talented musician and super cool, um, but she's super funny. And we did a I did a thing where I periscoped. She went and she played a song. She played a version of Creep. 
uh, by Radiohead, which she did because she knew I was a Radiohead fan. So she played Creep by Radiohead. We're going to put the audio of that will be at the end of this podcast. And then I uh, periscoped it just for fun. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll try I'll try this. Bit. So we streamed it live as she was doing it. If you happen to catch it on Periscope on the 24 hours the video was up, then you got to see it. If not, then we are going to post the video of her, basically just her in a ukulele um, playing Creep. And that's going to be on Nerdist.com as well. I kicked that over to Matt Grossinger. Oh, cool. and, uh, and also, by the way, congratulations to Rachel Hine, our new editor-in-chief yeah. over at Nerdist.com. She girl. was the managing editor under Brian Walton. Brian moved over, and he's kind of overseeing uh, digital stuff for um, the for Geek and Sundry and Amy Poehler Smart Girls and Nerdist. And, on, do you know that I imagine he does all of it from a speedboat now? <laughs> That's what I imagine he upgraded his office. But to I want I want to congratulate Rachel because she's an amazing she's an amazing brilliant person smart, and, smart lady. And she's uh, she's taken over and so they're gonna they're gonna post the Singer Michaelson video up over on Nerdist.com. Uh, her latest album is Lights Out. It's available now on iTunes and more. And also her current tour dates can be found at Ingrid Michelson S O N dot com. The Nerdist Podcast, episode number 676, with the wonderful and talented Ingrid Michelson. Side note about this podcast, uh, I, I would not categorize it as an all-ages podcast. Uh, I would say uh, some of the material drifts from uh, PG-13 to to a low R, maybe, um, because uh, that's, just, uh, that's just the nature of uh, where these go sometimes. So just giving you a heads up uh, for, for, for tiny young ears, uh, if you want to shield them. From some of the the eloquent filth. And with that disclaimer out of the way, Katie, play the fucking intro! Now entering Nerdist.com I, uh, are you recording? I feel like a lot of people that the long-awaited Ingrid Michelson cover of the Thundercats theme uh, is something. That's the only part I remember, though. Well, that's why there's the internet. That's true. That's very true. I saw somebody with a Thundercats tattoo the other day, and I feel like anybody who really was into Thundercats sees another Thundercats person, there's like this weird little nod that happens. He's this, very impressed with me that I know what you're talking this about. This Thundercats bag that I have is, I, I feel like it, the, it gets recognized the most at uh, TSA. When I'm going through security, the security people are like, hey, Thundercats. Really? I'm like, yeah. Make sure those other people don't have explosive things in their luggage. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Thundercats. Chitara was my girl, and then there was Snarf. Snarf. Snarf, Snarf, Wait, Snarf. wait, let me see if I can remember. Lionel, obviously. Yep. Wiley Kent, Wiley Cat, right? Yep, and then there was the big blue dude. The big blue Panthro. Yes. And then the evil one was, was um, what? Mumra. 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 Yeah. Mumra. Oh my god! A bunch of cat people fought a mummy. So it was Egyptian in <laughs> philosophy. I forgot about Mumra. Yeah. Did he have a pet, or am I thinking of the guy? You know, Doctor Claw. Oh, you think? Well, yes. Gargamel had Azrael the cat. <laughs> And then Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget also had uh, a cat. Yeah. What's that? Why, is, why do evil people have cats? Dr. Evil. 
Um, because uh, it's very calming to stroke the cat while you're dis- figuring out how you're going to um, oppress people and uh, decimate the, the population. Yeah, make a million dollars. Where would you most comfortable sitting? Do you want to sit here at angles or do you want to sit across from me like we're on a speed date? A very long speed date. A very long, yeah. Hour long speed date. Hour long speed dates. So, what do you like to do? I feel like that would be so That would be such a funny, a funny thing. It's, and then you're just waiting for the bell to ring after an hour. An so, hour. And then you have to go to another person. It's like... So All day. What if it was just this in the first like minute where you're just like... <laughs> for an hour. So we got uh, f- f- 59 more minutes yeah. to... Go. What, what, um, I like sushi. Oh, yeah. It gives me gas. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> 58 minutes. <laughs> it's just counting down the whole time. Hour long speed date. <laughs> Slow date. Slow date. Slow date. That should be a thing. That's a great It's a really I, funny skit. It's a good skit. It might be bad in life. It might be well, really you, bad in life. You'd edit it down to be 30 seconds. I mean, in real life, if people actually did that, I don't know how well that would go. No, I don't think it would go very well. I think. Do you, do you think. You can tell within the first minute of meeting someone whether or not. No. No, you can't. You need to get to know someone. Yeah. You think you can tell in one minute? No, but I definitely think you can. I think you can tell if it's not good in a minute. You know what I mean? Like if it's bad. Right. I think you could, you know, warm up to somebody. Like you might be nervous at first and then you don't know. Yeah. But you can tell somebody right away is offensive to you physically and Emotionally offensive. Yeah, because you also there's a thing that can happen where you become more attracted to someone the more you know them and the better you like their personality and the better you bond with them. That, right. Because I think as animals we all have an immediate like yay or nay response. Right. But you don't. Ha- but you know. But taking the time to get to know someone. Did you ever have a nay response that turned into a yay? Yeah, I've had I've had that before. Like full on nay. Full, yeah, full on. I've had full on nay responses that turn into a yay because I took the time to get to know someone. And uh, uh, I'm thinking, I don't know if I ever had a full. I think my nays stay nays. <laughs> you don't, don't get pursue. out of it. You don't get out of the nay pile. I try to find another yay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> superficial. I'm so, I'm so sorry. You're you're, you're a nay. Yeah. I just nice. want you to. As a matter of fact. I have this stamp which will help me identify you better as a day. <laughs> I just put it on. And you stamp their hand or their forehead. I'm sure – I think one of my best friends, she – I remember she was dating this guy and she was like, I really – I like him. I think he likes me but I can't tell. And they sort of danced around that for a few months. And then one day she told me – she called me up. She's like, he made me banana pancakes and all of a sudden – that was it. She's like, I think I'm falling in love with him. Whoa. And I was like, just because of the pancakes? And she said, well, it wasn't specifically the pancakes, but just like the act. Something that he did, I don't know, just all of a sudden she said I looked at him so differently. It sort of pancakes. shook the love ketchup loose. Ew. What? Well, okay, that sounded gross. I, I, I was <laughs> the love catch. Well, you know, with the bottle where it's like it's not coming out, oh, and then finally, right? The bottle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the ketchup bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it shook her ketchup back. <laughs> <laughs> Why would ketchup be in there? It's not a condiment storage. It shook the the. We could get really gross. Can we just go gross? You can do anything you want. Mm, all right, we'll get there. This is I have to warm up. You know. Yeah. Like we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. You when when you when you warm up to it, then you can be as foul as uh, as you feel like being. You were really funny at the. We did that that thing at um, the Beverly Hilton Hotel that was honoring yes. Doug Herzog. 
and uh, and you were really funny. And to the to the extent where I was like, I is she is, is she also a comic? I mean, you you have comic energy, which I mean is a compliment. Okay, um, but because something happened, like they, something yeah. got triggered, and it was a different. It was like a, a music track or a keyboard got triggered, and it wasn't the right thing. And you totally rolled with it, and it was really funny. We had a really it was a really quiet song that we were we were playing. I think I'm supposed to play it here as oh, I nice. walk over to it. Um, and they, somebody hit some button, but all of a sudden, some like it sounded like a piano tr- preloaded track with like a little disco-y beat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and people really weren't. The thing is though, people really weren't paying attention. They were sort of paying attention, but then that happened, and they all kind of looked at me. And then then they started. Then they turned it off, and we went on with the song. And I said something funny. I don't know what I said, but. But then that was the thing that kind of saved it because everyone was like, wait, what's happening? And then something – people love bloopers. People love when you mess up or you show – you're not – you're kind of disarmed for a second. And then that is like this truth that people kind yep. of latch on to. And so I think um, – which to me is sort of the way I like to perform. But I was – it's th- those kind of events are so – you know, everyone's sitting at a round table, not all facing you. They're all doing their thing. They paid a lot of money to get there. They're getting drunk. It's a lot of work, people. Yeah, it's not like a. They're not coming there to see you. So it's sort of like you don't. I don't really know. I don't know how to gauge people on that level exactly. And so, so that was actually like a, a godsend. I was like, oh, I'm so happy they messed up because it let me kind of be silly. And then people saw that, and then. I played one other song and then I was done. Yeah, because the, you know, in a live performance situation, it should feel like a communal experience, and 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 sometimes there's an artificial community comes together in the sense that it's like there's another cause, and like you said, they didn't come to see you, so it, like right away, and I mean you like in the royal in the grand sense, not you specifically, and so they when something like that happens, it immediately humanizes you, and then they feel like oh now we're all a part of this experience, and now we're connecting with you, right, right. when before. They're just not because it's like they have to be there for work and it's yeah. and they don't they're not connecting with anyone and it's like they didn't come to they didn't come to open their hearts no, no they didn't but they left but with their hearts did. open yes and yeah ketchup and a little bit of Ingrid Pussies. Michaelson love ketchup <laughs> and p- pussy ketchups uh, pussy ketchups <laughs> a variety that's my band that's my, my side project the pussy ketchups. <laughs> Oh, that's just blood then at that point. Pussy I mean, catch maybe. Up. I mean, let's let's stop. You know, maybe not beat around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not let's not beat around the bleeding bush. That's from the Bible, right? I think it is. Yeah, Moses Thou saw a bleeding not bush. Beat around thy bleeding. It bush. talked to him, and he was like, "They were it was like, like, go away. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm bleeding." <laughs> Moses, come on. Did you see? <laughs> Yeah, I think now I don't and know. Then he tried to part it. Yeah, get it. He did. He did. He tried to part the Red Sea. <laughs> I know nothing about the Bible, but those two things I know. There was a bleeding bush. And I think parting the Red Sea should have gotten a much bigger laugh, personally. But that's <laughs> that's you know, what I thought. I, being... I I was trying. There's three people in here, though. So that's yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're not. You know, maybe it's not so they're much. Not, uh, that's I don't okay. Get it. Yeah. It's you guys not... religious? Did I offend you? <laughs> My uncle was Moses. What? <laughs> Period. It's nothing to joke about. It's horrible, though. It is horrible. It is. Uh, well, we shouldn't talk about periods the whole time, but no. But I think at least forty percent. I the think time. so. Yeah, as long I as we keep it under half. Need to know because you have a lot of guy listeners. So guys out there, yeah, you're lucky that oh, we're so, we're so <laughs> you lucky. don't have to deal with it. We're so lucky, and as a result, you know, 
we have uh we have low uh pain tolerance mm-hmm. um we we d- we have difficulty dealing with anything that might be slightly going wrong we'll you know we'll we'll whine yeah let me let me I, i'll whine, whine. yeah so and you i get feel sick, like you're a baby yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And it's because, uh, you know, I, I had a great mom who took amazing care of me. And so, you know, it's like that's and sort of. You didn't of, bleed from your vagina. I did something. not bleed from my vagina. Not one time. No. <laughs> not one time. But God knows I tried. <laughs> but not one. Not I feel like it happens to us so young, too. Like you're like, you're just a kid. You're playing. I was literally playing tag or manhunt at Mike Baver's house in Staten Island. We're running around. I, on a side note, I was talking to my friend about this podcast. I was like, it's a little disarming and I'm probably going to say shit that I don't want to say because you're just talking and you feel a little too yeah. So here I'm talking about the first time I got my period. All right. <laughs> I was playing Manhunt, I think. Manhunt, Manhunt, one, two, three. You know that? I, I don't know. Is that Maybe that's an East Coast game. Is that is that like a, a version of hide and seek? Basically, it involved, there's some sort of hierarchy. I don't remember. You hide and then there's captains and oh, anyway, we were playing it. And I, I had to go to the bathroom, so I went to the bathroom to pee. Now, leading up to, to this day, I was 13. It was the summer going into, um, what is it, eighth grade or high school. High school. Okay, ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And I was like so paranoid. You hear all these stories about girls getting their period. And my grandma told me that she didn't know what was going on and she had her blood was up to her waistband. Like she would, my grandma was an immigrant from Sweden and she would tell very exaggerated stories. Anyway, I had these horrible fears. This one girl in band, she stood up and she had white jeans on and it was like all over her jeans. So I was like, I'm such a neurotic person that I was just like, I was like, from when I was like 12, I was like, it's going to happen and it's going to happen in a horribly embarrassing way and everyone's going to know and it's going to be, so I was always going to the bathroom. I was always like checking, like nothing well, they made there. You, they made you so paranoid. Yeah. And then when it actually happened, I was playing a game. I didn't feel any, like, pain because they're like, you're going to feel pain in health class, you know. I go to the bathroom. I'm like, what? What? And then I realized what was really going on and I stole my mom's, like, pads for, like, three months. I didn't tell her. And then finally I told her. She's like, yeah, I kind of figured. But then did you go – the important thing is did you resume the manhunt game? I did not. Okay. I think I was too devastated. <laughs> yes, I called my mom to come get me. I said I didn't feel well, which was my big thing. I always said I didn't feel well, and I got to get out of school and go home from sleepovers. And stuff. So a lot of times you did feel fine, and you just didn't want to be at. Uh... Yes. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I appreciate I your candor. Admit it. Yes, I always had stomach aches. Sure. Sometimes I sometimes I would I would go to the I still feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. Sometimes I would go to the nurse nurse's office and I would pinch my cheeks to make my cheeks all red. Because I, I was – I think it was more of a neurosis. Like I just wanted to go home. I just felt very safe at home and I didn't really feel safe other places. And I would have this like feeling of just like this ultimate sadness of like I can't be in this place anymore. I have to go home to my safe home. And so I would be like, oh, I have a stomachache. And I would go to the nurse's office and they would roll their eyes like there she is again, stomachache girl. And then my mom would always come and get me and then I'd go home and eat froze fruit pops and watch Bewitched and stuff. And uh, well, I can understand why you would want to do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I did that stuff too because I also was a very awkward child and didn't really get along with other kids. And if if there were opportunities, I would call my mom and be like, I don't feel good. What's wrong? I, I just don't, don't feel good. I can't articulate it exactly. But the old stomachache was good because there was the threat of possible vomiting. And yeah. Nobody wants to be around that. So they want to scuttle you off. Also, oh. there's no real way to test it. Exactly. 
it's 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 relatively. I have one right now. It's relatively unconfirmable. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't. You might. Uh, right. You like. Oh, I got a stomachache. Well, I guess I better. You know. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what this could be? This could be serious. Right. This could just be uh, period antics. Right. <laughs> Uh, or this could be, you know, something horrible. One time I swallowed a, one of those large round candies. We were like in fourth grade. So this was back in the 80s when people didn't care about children as much, I guess. Because <laughs> why are you giving it a, a classroom of kids those lo- – Like know, a jawbreaker? No, like those – they were kind of like – they were just the ones that like your grandma would have in the little cellophane. Oh, yeah, yeah. like they those. like round mm-hmm. and big and – and I swallowed one whole, and I remember – not purposely, and it just like shocked me to my core. <laughs> so I went to the nurse with a stomachache, and I felt like it was still in my throat. I was convinced that it was still in my throat, and everyone's like, it can't be in your throat. You know, you swallowed it. It's in your stomach. And I re- refused to believe them. I was like, it's, I have a stomachache. It's in my throat. And my mom came and got me. My poor mom. And then she, um, she stayed home with me, and her friend came over, and she made a tuna fish sandwich. And I remember sitting on her lap and just being like, my throat, it's stuck in my throat. And I, I was a hypochondriac. Some might say <laughs> that I still am, my manager over there. And I remember she's like, do you want a bite of my sandwich? And I was like, no, no, it's stuck in my chili. Maybe it'll push it down, you know, like humoring me. And I remember taking a bite of it and feeling like instantly better. And I thought she was just the most magical Wizardress of tuna all. fish sandwich has yeah. solved a lot of problems. I have another weird tuna fish story. Until you had to poop out a cannonball-sized piece yes. of candy. Um, and I would, it'll get disintegrated in your belly, right? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The acid will take the stomach acid will take care of that. I mean, the stomach acid doesn't take care of everything, though. It takes care. Well, no, not everything. Not everything. Sometimes the stomach acid will eat your stomach. Yeah, I have that. You got to be you got to be careful with that. My other. This is a really corn. <laughs> Corn and peanuts are like, do your worst, stomach acid. <laughs> um, they have like little helmets on. <laughs> you have to stop eating helmeted peanuts. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is a really weird, um, but I feel I feel sort of at peace in this community to, to tell this story. Please. I was. This is about tuna fish again. <laughs> okay. You're among friends. I just want to tell – I just feel like there are certain – some stories that that when I – okay, I'll just say. I was eating a a tuna fish salad sandwich in my bed when I was like eight or nine. And I must have dropped a piece of tuna on my bed. But I didn't see it until like hours later. I saw it sitting there. And I picked it up and I ate it. And it was like chewy because it had been like getting stale kind mm-hmm. of. But it was so good for some reason. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So then I tried to recreate it. Every time my mom would make me tuna fish salad sandwiches, I would take little pieces of tuna fish and I'd stick them on my bed. And did it? Did you ever get violently ill? No. And it also never tasted the same. Oh. It was only there for like four or five hours. <laughs> I just must have been like the size or maybe the sunlight hit it right. It was just the right moment for that experience. I know, and I, but, I, but what a, imagine seeing your child like, you know, going with some tuna fish and placing them in different parts of Honey, bed. you're not making bed tuna again, are you? <laughs> you leave me alone. You don't understand me. <laughs> what detergent are you using? Did you change it? <laughs> I must know. What's the constant here? Are you using Downy? Are you using fucking Downy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it never tasted the same. I don't know what it was. It was chewy. 
It was what I liked about it. Yeah, because it was it started starting to it was like, like jerky. A it was like tuna jerky. Tuna jerky sounds terrible. Ingrid Michaelson's tuna jerky <laughs> with the hit song "Pussy Ketchup." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, goes together in a strange way. I think not even in, in that per- strange no, in, way. In actually, a very obvious way. <laughs> did you do co- you did com- did you do comedy when you were in college? No, oh, I went to school. Um, I did. I did like an improv theater troupe, but we were taught by the seniors, so it wasn't like we had any sort of real training. You oh, know? don't deny someone's reality. Uh, that's all I really remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that is the yes ending is the main component. Yes, so that, and right, right. Yeah, yes, so you got you got some of it. And then I used, and then I taught children's theater for a while, and um, but no, I never did like comedy. Do you at at your? Do you want to play questions? Sure. Do we ask each other? You're going to be so good at it. I may not. I may be terrible at it. Uh, I've already gotten. All right. We have to put ourselves in like a space. Okay. Like pick a, like, a, like, like where we are and then. Or you can tell us where we are. Uh, we need a suggestion from the audience, please. A deli. A deli. We're in a deli. What would you like, sir? Uh, can I have a corned beef sandwich? You won. Another location. <laughs> You start it. Isn't Ingrid Michaelson great? Who is she? <laughs> you haven't heard of her? Fuck. <laughs> I'm like so excited to play questions. And that's how you play. Except when you're good at it, you can go back and forth. <laughs> uh, fuck. This game's called Questions Fuck. You ask questions until someone goes, fuck. Yes. Does your audience, uh, do you get to, do you, do you, are you funny in between songs? Do you fuck yeah. around a lot? And, yeah, I and, try to. And is the audience cool with that? Or are they like, we just came here to listen to music. Are they pretty cool with you? I think most of them are cool with it. I think every once in a while there'll be somebody, some, somebody. I remember one time in Philadelphia, I don't know, I got this, I, you know those little, you put them on the tips of your fingers and they are different colors. They're supposed to be laser fingers. Mm-hmm. But they're not very lasery. They're just lights. But anyway, I, I decided I wanted to wear them for this one song. I don't know. And I <laughs> forgot them, so I ran off stage to get them. And the band was still playing, and I came back with my laser fingers, and it was silly and funny. But somebody didn't like that. And I remember they wrote they wrote us an a, like an angry email about how they wanted their $15 back. Because of the laser sad. finger bit? Well, they said that was one of the things. But he his direct quote was that he felt like he was held hostage by my onstage antics. It's a fucking concert. I know. I remembered that, though. But I was like, maybe the laser fingers pushed him over the edge. I mean, I guess I could understand if it was like, we're going to sit here for three hours with no music and you're going to stare <laughs> right. at these laser fingers. Right. <laughs> Did, like... He's just an asshole. So we sent him back his $15 and I think just not, with no, no response. Maybe he got dumped by a laser. Yeah, he wasn't my demographic. And then there was one, there was one woman who really didn't like the smoke, the haze. And like when they put the haze out, that smoky stuff on the stage. And she, yeah. she said that I did it, you know. What is she, it sounded like she made it seem like I did it on purpose to like hurt the audience and or, uh, right. It was just some ridiculous. She was just mad. Like she you're was. the fu- like you're the penguin in Batman. Yes. <laughs> I brought my noxious gases. Evil guy. No, I I think she asked the bouncer, "Can they put the smoke down?" And he was like, "No, Ingrid Michaelson's people said we have to keep it on." 
Meanwhile, we never said that. That's what it was. And then she's like, even though we were, we needed you to turn it off, you wouldn't turn it off. People think that I make these decisions and I really make very few. <laughs> you're sort of, you you come out and perform. Yeah. And then uh, uh, magically things happen around you, yeah. and, you and you... For the most part, well, yeah. The, 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 the longer I've been doing this, the less and less I have to actually do. Your manager's like, magically things happen around <laughs> her? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking magic. She plugged my, my gear in today. My, my, my tech, who usually comes on the road with me, is a huge fan of this podcast. Really? Yes. What's your tech's name? His name is Avel Sosa, but he's been listening to them from the very beginning, and he, he's a very uh, specific kind of person. He likes things just so, so he's only listening to them in order. So he won't hear this for like months. Oh, my gosh. I think this will come Hi, out sooner Avel. than Avel Sosa. No, but he's only up to 2012. Oh, gotcha. Like he only wants to listen to them in the order. Yes, he's got a, he's got a little ways to go. But he usually plugs everything in for me, so I've I had to plug that stuff in myself. Evel, this is a message from the future. He's gonna he's gonna be so happy when he hears that. Oh, hi, Evel. Why aren't you here? <laughs> You're fired. Oh my God! I'm sorry. Ingrid thought it would be better to tell you this way. Um, there's not really a podcast, so. Now we just got to stare at each other for the next... Uh, Slow dating. But unfortunately, you're not going to find this out until two years from now. <laughs> so it's going to be a little awkward. I want to him in two years. That's, I'm sort of thinking in advance. That's when I won't be needing him anymore. Oh, the poor guy. Is it, so is it, well, it, does a guitar tech specifically, like how tied in is he? Is it like everything has to be perfect and set up a specific way and it, th- this yeah. type of – because, you know, not being a musician and a lot of times, you know, sometimes I get judgy with musicians and I'm like, they really need another guitar during this song? Like, you know, like the guitar will yeah. swap out every song. That's so what exactly is happening? That might be tunings too. There might be different tunings so it's easier just to switch a guitar so that instead of retuning all the different strings, that might be the, the reason. Um, That's acceptable. Yes. Or it could be a different, like some guitars are tuned, like a Nashville guitar is, has different strings and it sounds higher, whatever. I generally don't, I play a ukulele and I have two ukes, but I only have a, a backup one in case one breaks on stage or I step on one, which I have done. <gasps> I stepped on my ukulele once and I had high heels on and it went crunch and I thought I was stepping on a water bottle. This is way back before I could afford a fucking uke stand. <laughs> so it was laying on its back and I was like singing and I stepped back and I heard crunch and the band, I heard them kind of falter behind me. But I finished the song because the show must go on and then I turned around and I almost broke into tears. Anyhow, that's Did you why try I to play another. the broken uke? No, it was so bad. It was beyond, yeah, I cried. It was very sad. But yeah, Aval, he, he's a very, very um, specific, like anal kind of guy which is great for that job because he has to have multiple different people's instruments tuned to different things follow the set list bring this out plug this in da, 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 all that stuff but i and he he's um i didn't have a guitar tech only maybe the last two years so we were all doing that ourselves for a while it's interesting how you progress uh and you can get more people to come to venues and you make more money off the ticket price and you can hire more people which then takes you back down to kind of where you were before but it it's um my team of people has just grown and grown and grown and it's amazing like well now we need a carpenter <laughs> we have a carpenter on this next tour that we're doing in, in and then the jesus summer. was like yes <laughs> and he See, was like yes was a- and then um yeah so i don't i can't i mean you look at these huge tours where there's just like you know 50 people and 
there's a traveling caterer and all that stuff. It so does. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does start to, I mean, obviously with, you know, with stand up, they're really like, well, it's me and a microphone, you know? Yeah. But, but I do, but I can see why as you're, as you start to scale up a bit, it's like, oh, now we're in a bigger venue. So we need more of this. And if we need more of this, then we need this person to feed these people. And then we need this person to watch that person do that. So that makes sure that that, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of, and we need security and we need this and we need, and it is, and you know, there, there are a lot of venues, uh, that will, uh, charge you a lot of money to do stuff. And so yeah. it, you can play a much bigger venue and think, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. You're like, that's crazy. I made less money than when I was playing a smaller venue yeah. with less with less stuff. But it's just, you know, that's sort of the 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 luxury problem of of getting exactly. more popular. It's just sort of the – I don't even look at touring at that much uh, as an income maker. It's – I mean, I think eventually, hopefully, there will be something there. But for me, mostly it's like sinks. That's how I got my start or, or just TV, like commercials and movies and television shows and – um that's kind of the way that a lot of artists that aren't on major labels are, and even on major labels are making money and actually having a living is off of licensing their music. Yeah. Cause a lot of people shows are getting more expensive to do. And there's just also so many people touring. There's so much competition and, um, you know, I'm guilty of buying just one or two songs off of a record and that's not a lot of money. And, I also buy full records too, but full disclosure, I buy singles every once in a while. I appreciate your honesty. Um, yeah, it's just harder to, to make – it's harder to make that living. Seriously, you're out there slogging away. You know, you work, you work. <laughs> and then assholes like me buy two songs off your record. I've never – I can though – I can wholeheartedly say – wholeheartedly? That I have never illegally downloaded songs. Me neither in the 2000s. <laughs> In the year 2000. In the, in year, the 2000. year 2000. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Conan. You should, cover, you should do that bit. Yeah, that'd be good. Have, you, done, have you been on Conan? I have. He's great. I, I had a really funny thing with Conan. The first time I did it, wait, the first time I did it, I was just very nervous. And I remember he said, don't forget about me when you're big and famous. And I said, don't forget about me when you're big and famous trying to be funny and it wasn't funny at all and there was an awkward moment and then I walked away. <laughs> and the second time I did Conan, it was during the writer's strike. Uh-huh. And I wanted to um I wanted to do something that would like sort of that he could use maybe because I knew that there they didn't have any like material they had to come for them he had to come for themselves. So I made a little clay version of him and I used glow in the dark white clay for his skin and his his hands. And I made um, – and then you bake the clay and it gets hard. You know, it's the different color clay. And then I made a little beard that could come on or go off, like a little <laughs> detachable beard because he had grown a beard for that. And he used it like – like he kept playing with it and talking with it. And it was – it probably got more screen time than I did actually. <laughs> Have I played Conan now four times? Three times. So then the third time – no, I think – oh, that was the same time the first – I don't even know. Anyway – I remember he came up to me after and he said, I smelled good. And then he did that growl thing that he does. <laughs> yeah. And that made me really happy because I love Conan O'Brien. Well, you guys are a couple of gingers yeah. in a. Yeah. In a non-ginger world. This is recently lightened to be more gingery. You lightened We're it? We're talking or- about my pubes. Nick- <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you still have them. It's, you know, this is a. <laughs> Jesus. 
but I keep those jet black. Um, <laughs> it's straight. <laughs> it's straight. Japanese, you do the Japanese Just to keep people system. on their toes. To keep people on their toes for all the times I bring out my straight black pubic hair. And I'm like, well, my balls want to go to Hot Topic. And this is how that has to happen. Because they want to buy Minecraft plushies. Mm-hmm. And that's... Is that what dyed, dyed black haired pubes want to do? Yes. They want to go to Hot Topic and they want to right. talk about... Sad, moody I get it. bands. They like Nightmare Before Christmas, but they never saw the original. They never saw the original, mm-hmm. but uh, they but they and they just Jack go, Skellington. "What's this? What's this?" <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and then they they and they <laughs> scoop the hair to one side and make a little curl out of it. They 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 do that. They, there's many of them. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's thousands really thousands. Thousands. Of you know, someone's job was to count how many pews are on the average person. I'm sure. At, so at one point, yeah. At one what would point, you say? What, what are you making notes over there? <laughs> You're gonna look it Kyle's up. Kyle's mathematically trying to figure out how many pubes are on the average person. We should see. Now, are we talking how much? What's your guess? A thousand. A thousand? No. What's your I'm guess? I'm gonna say. Per square inch. Now, are we talking about like in the 20s where everyone was just like, let it, let it go? We're talking about follicles here. You okay. can't take away a follicle, no. ladies, as much as you'd like to. Not without laser therapy. Not, not even. It's, or, okay, you're right. The poor, the poor where it comes out of, though. Where God created it. <laughs> That's is right. what I'm talking about where here. Where God was like, let's that put a, a curtain <laughs> down there to hide that showroom. <laughs> I think that they're, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 25 to 35,000. 25 to 35. Is that a lot? Thousand. Um, I'm, well, maybe I've just given away a little too much about myself. <laughs> my pubes go all the way to my chest. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you feel like there's a lot more than you think there are? A thousand? Okay. Two to three thousand. There, I changed it. How much pubic hair is average? I'm looking this up. Uh, but are they going to okay. say numbers? Like they're not going to. Oh, good lord! Please say twenty thousand. So I'm. No, so. I was just greeted with that <laughs> on Wikipedia <laughs> or Dickipedia. I guess we should call it. Um, Ugh. D- That's I'm, what we look like. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm really glad that. No, I don't think you have an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> well. <laughs> Ladies, you do you like turtlenecks? <laughs> um, Wait, to... are you looking up pubic hair on Wikipedia? Yeah, I looked up average number of pubes and it – just give me a number, Wikipedia. Why does everybody have to be so difficult? You know, all I want the internet to tell me is how many pubes – what is normal down there? Uh, <laughs> I'm just, like no one – I can't find a definitive – Maybe you guys can look, try to find it. Kyle, can you look that up? And don't act like that wasn't already in your search field. <laughs> don't act like it didn't autofill on Chrome. How many pubes is normal pubes? I need to know. <laughs> is it weird? I mean, first of all, I'm not going to click the auto suggestion in Google of average pubic hair 13-year-old. That is just a mess of problems that is not going to be in my search history. <laughs> I don't know. Why? 
idea. I don't because why would that be there? Because I'm sure a lot of people oh, who are you know like a lot of kids want to know and they want to know what's normal. Know. They don't want to know about two adults trying to figure out like right, if twenty five thousand right. is a comedy number or if that's an actual number. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's like when you start, yeah, when you're playing Manhunt at Mike Bavers and you. I have bad Google Foo right now. Okay, so I've put in how much pubic hair average adult. And pubic hair on the Wikipedia entry is the first thing that comes up, and it's not it doesn't give me a number. The the next one is Kinsey Confidential, which I, I What if you said how many how many hair follicles publicly <laughs> exist? Twenty a day. No, it doesn't well, say that. One is like average number of hair follicles on the mons pubis. Because <laughs> that's technically the area. Wow, look at you. Oh, thanks, Dexter. Mons pubis. Yeah. That sounds like a band, too. At mons pubis. We are mons pubis. Mons pubis. <laughs> I hate song. Oh, you went UK. I started to go German. Okay. <laughs> Mons, you're right, Mons, you're right. It should be German. Our hit song is 25,000 and counting. <laughs> if you pull out 20 a day. Wait, something's happening. Average something's Mons happening. pubis. Did you find it? Scrote boat. <laughs> what does it say on scrotum? 370 to 640. That's it? 370,000 is a ton of hair follicles. 370,000? So I was wrong when I said 20,000? 370? I don't know that you have a thousand hair follicles. But you know what? I feel like, I feel like, not that I've ever seen a scrotum, but I think that there's (laughs) not. They're not not pleasant to look at. No, there's not a lot of hair all over them, right? It's more stragglers. Yeah. This is a really great conversation. It's more like, you know what it is? I'm making my. My family proud. Basically, one pube at a time. The higher up, the higher up you go on the pubes, the lower down is like the crowd for the opening band. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. as you get to the main attraction, the crowd uh, fills out a little bit more. <laughs> we still didn't really unless you're, Greek. unless you're speaking of Greek. She's playing at the Greek theater. Oh, look at that! So segue. we just brought it all back around. Yeah. From pubes to my all ages show. And I. <laughs> And to be fair, I thought you said Sagway. <laughs> so, Sagway. <laughs> this is a good Sagway. That would have uh, been really But funny. Uh, the Greek theater is a phenomenal venue to be playing at. That's insane. It is. It is. Have you played that before? We opened for, for Keen like three years Who's ago. Who's great. Yeah. Um, but I have not ever played there, no. I'm a little nervous. No, you're going to be great. People love you. You know, I said I had an. People love they you. They do. I had an. I had an editorial staff meeting today at the at the Nerdist headquarters, and um, I said to our editorial team, I was like, "Oh, and I'm you know I'm podcasting Ingrid Michaelson today, just as just to let them know who's coming up if they want to like write any stuff around it, you know." And then a few of the people were like, oh, "What? Where?" Like they got so excited, and mm. uh, but then they ended up having to go to a screening tonight, so they were oh, bummed that they LA. couldn't. Yeah, seriously. Screenings. You have to go to screenings. Those are my agent. Were they young girls with hopes and dreams, it, fears and sadnesses? It was. Uh, it was one lady with hopes and dreams, and then one man with hopes and dreams. Oh, all right. Uh, and then, uh, and then a bunch of people were just dead inside. Yeah, like Mumra. Mm-hmm. Mumra. Mumra needs to have a cat. Wait, he wouldn't have a cat because the Thundercats are cats. Maybe that's what he wants. Oh, Ultimately, he shit. wants a cat. Oh, it's so nice to say shit and fuck in front of a microphone. Isn't it nice? Because I never can. No. This is liberating oh, for you. fuck shit. 
Hashtag pussy ketchup. Hashtag pussy ketchup. Isn't Mom's it nice? Pubis. It's nice. Get We've it all out now. We've got a lot of hashtags. We should, all, what are all of our hashtags so far? I, I don't know. Vagina ketchup. Yeah. Um, Mons pubis. Mons pubis. Maybe that's it. Um, and I think just those two. All right. Great. Kyle, that sounds like we do have a this? lot. No. Ooh, that's a good T-shirt. Because what does it really mean? <laughs> like, are you asking how many pubes do you have? Like, as like a like how many? Or are you just saying like how many are there? Well, you know, and sometimes I feel like sometimes I'll get shit from people. They're like, you didn't. I want to learn more about the person that you had on and you were just fucking around. I'm like, yeah, because that's fun. That's the whole point. And the internet is full of just information if you want information. Seriously. How many times have I said I was discovered on MySpace? I had songs on Grey's Anatomy. I had a song on an Old Navy commercial and then it got into the radio and now this is what I've been doing and that's basically all you need to know. Done. There you go. My parents were artistic. They loved me. I have a brother. He's a math teacher. You're half Swedish. I'm half Swedish. Did you uh, – was I, I wasn't in your top eight though on MySpace. I'm... Top eight. Remember when they made it top 24? <laughs> and top 16, top 24, top – yeah. It was – MySpace. It was a big remember deal. Remember Friendster? I remember Friendster. I remember Friendster, yes. I think there's a song in there. Friendster, the poor quick death of Friendster when it was like, Friendster's really fun. You connect. And then MySpace was like, you can put songs on here. I and know. then That was the end of it. Uh, I remember I loved Friendster, though, and you would find all your friends from high school. I don't even go on Facebook. I never really got into Facebook because by the time I did, people were, like, too a little too interested in me. Right. My, like, old high school friends. I was like, oh, I don't really know you. I don't know. And so I never fully ex- got into the whole Facebook thing. But is it still a thing? Facebook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still big. I think Facebook is probably – I think, the, you know, sometimes people go uh, – well, I mean, I'm not going to – it's just the next thing's going to come along. And I go, well, I think there's too many like grandmas rooted in Facebook at this point. Like there's too many – like yeah. kids may be on Snapchat, you know, or they may be on Vine. So, you know, like the kids that sort of – that that helped launch Facebook grew up. It's not as many kids anymore. It's it's, but, it's definitely but older It's older people, women. but they – but they're not – they're like they've built their homes in Facebook. Yeah. They're not going to move. <laughs> Anytime soon, you you they attracted the people who were the late adopters, and the late adopters do not move quickly, which is why they are not early adopters. Right. So, some people are probably still on MySpace. No, Justin Timberlake bought it. Does he still own MySpace? Still owns MySpace. Really? Yeah, he bought it a couple years ago. For how much? A mm. <laughs> hundred dollars. How many pubes? How many pubes? Mm. He bought it with three hundred and seventy of his pubes. He just shook around until enough fell. <laughs> Kicked them in their direction. <laughs> in the most They were golden, too. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> he did a little like Michael Jackson spin. And he went, <laughs> they wafted into their laps. What a weird story. <laughs> I, I hope you were able to explore the side of your humor. In, is there other, do you write songs that have like hidden dark Easter eggs? For things that people don't know, I do about. have that song, "Hidden Dark Easter Egg." That is a song that you have to write. Um, I don't. I, I I don't know. I I don't. Not that my music is. Well, I guess yeah. I kind of do like I, I like sing a song and then I'll say something funny and then I'll sing a song. But I don't really marry the two ever. I don't like sing silly songs. Do I? Have I? Oh yeah, for fun. For oh yes, yes. Oh, I have a song about. Oh yeah. Oh um, please. Um, you can go. Hold on. Dead air, dead 
No, it's fun. This is where Mr. Sosa would have been instrumental in expediting this process. Sometimes you're up. Sometimes you're down. That's not right. Sometimes your balls. Oh my gosh, am I really doing this? Yes. They might drown as gravity pulls them to its core. You're dragging your old balls out the bathroom door. Okay. And then, this is about how a guy told me... <laughs> I like that you just buried the laugh and the bathroom. Wait, wait. The best, the best part is because I was at a, a station. Here, let's talk about my music. Please. I was in a radio station visiting, which you, you do as a radio artist. You have to go to all these different stations all across the country and play songs, do lounges. You know, you kind of get in their good graces so that they'll add your record. And, and um, there's this really funny... DJ, and he talked about how when you're older, your testicles hang so low that they hit the water. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I said, you should write a song about that. He said, you should write a song about that. And then I went back to my hotel and I did. And But the chorus goes, stir in the soup with your low-hanging balls, thinking about younger days. And then Lynn... <laughs> Taking a dip Whenever nature calls This is a song about balls So that's basically Thank you Why are you not opening or closing with that? Your sets At the Greek theater Do you know how amazing it would be If you got to stand and go Wow, this is really You know, being at the Greek theater So much history And there's so many great Low hanging balls. Yeah. Stirring the soup. I like the image. The image of the balls. Like yes. You created something and then you stir it up. Sad, oh, no. Sadly, I have a. Uh, oh, uh, this just in 450 pubes per square inch. Oh, okay. So how many? I guess it depends on how big your patch is. Yeah. Oh, so 450 pubes. So per like 40,000. Yeah, so much. Oh, uh, by the way, I got a lot of shaft hair. I should have mentioned that. Uh, it's like a. You know, that I used to think that it was hairy all the way up <laughs> until high school. <laughs> it's not. Nope. Yeah, I thought all the way like a like a like not a, even on a sort of not animal, even on a dog. Like an anteater. No, no, not even a, a, maybe an no, anteater. You don't see those things when you're a kid. No, the anteaters are very reluctant to show you their dick. <laughs> not an anteater. Come on, you just eat ants all day. Let me get one peek. They're very, they're very modest. Yeah. Hey, I'm not an object. <laughs> I just like my ants. Eyes are okay, here. my eyes are. My long, weird tongue is right here. <laughs> Do they have eyes? They have eyes. Who doesn't have eyes? Little moly. Hey, stop trying to fuck my nose hole. <laughs> maybe they're, maybe they're embarrassed because their penis is so small compared to their long. That's what it is. Erect nose. Yeah, they have nose envy from their own tongues. I like the. That's a good. That's a good hashtag. The modest anteater. That sounds like a novel. The modest I mean, I wouldn't say eat a lot of ants. I mean, I can't eat that many. I can't reach that far into the anthill. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I do my like best. Every day, I'm an everyday guy. Yeah, you know, like I put one foot in front of the other just like anyone else. Stop looking at my balls. Uh, I, I actually, it's funny that you say that because I have a whole thing, I have a whole thing in my set where, where I, I, I went to a, uh, a hot springs in Colorado and I was in the, and there were a lot of old people there. Um, at your show or just in Colorado? <laughs> at the hot springs. Okay. Oh, hot springs. Yeah, because it's, it's hot water bubbles up from the earth. And I, and I postulated that it was because the old people think it's like the plot of Cocoon, that they're going to be rejuvenated in some way. And so in the lot, I'd never seen old balls before. And it was 
I mean, like beyond anything that you can think, like three times lower than you think. And, and it's, it's, it's so bizarre in person because your brain can't really justify it as a phenomenon because it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. I mean, I have not ever seen it, so I don't know, but I, 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 I've, been, I've, heard, I've heard tell, well, tell tale. Google stories. and computers? Yeah, but I've never Googled low-hanging. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you're right. You're right. You write a song about it. You kind of need, you know, for... It's, Inspiration. I feel, like it, I feel like it would look like chewing gum, kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like a. You're ta- like yeah. <laughs> to be candid, it, it looked like a taffy pull. It looked like it looked like someone took. Like, did you ever take Play-Doh and just like wing it around in a circle, yeah, and then yeah. it just would it would just, yeah. yeah, it's like that. So across the board, everybody's going to be like that. Like that's going to happen to you guys. Probably, but not anytime soon. Although I feel I like, if you have like, a, like can you get a ball tuck? I bet. Right. You can get anything tucked. Yeah. I mean, if they, honestly, if but, they just gave you a sardine key, you really want to do that? Do you really want to do that? You could just use a scrunchie and like tie them up. Hundred one uses for the scrunchie. Yeah, because yeah. the '90s are done with scrunchies, so let's let's Where, give them- right. Let's give them a home, guys. You know what I think? <laughs> we're gonna make us. We're gonna be scrunchie billionaires. Yeah, bring them to the you know old people's home. Tie those balls on up. <laughs> How am I ever going to put this? How am I ever going to talk about this? <laughs> no, this is amazing. Just earlier today, we did an inter- interview, and and my shows are, are all ages. Yeah. So Lynn is like, just push the all ages thing. It's my manager. She's like, it's it's you know it's it's um the first time we've ever done an all ages show in L- in L A. and and so we were on this radio this talk radio thing this morning, and the guy said that there's this lawsuit between this uh, husband and wife where he wants the custody of their child and said that she was an unfit mother because she took her kid to a Pink concert. Oh, I saw that, And yeah. Pink was swearing and saying fuck all the time. And so so he's like, so you won't be saying any F-bombs. And, and I'm like, and Lynn's like, yeah, it's all ages, all ages. So now I feel like we advertised it as though I'm going to come out like in a clown outfit with making balloon animals and giving candy to little kids. Like, come to the Ingram Michelson show. It's all ages. And now I'm talking Cube about counters for the kids and, and ball scrunchies for the grandparents. All ages. Well, hopefully not pube counters for the kids because I don't think kids have them. No, what? It is. It is a merch item. Yeah, ball scrunchies. <laughs> I have a question to ask you. Please, if you go to a concert, a musical concert, when you if you want to buy a T-shirt, would you do you like seeing the name of the band or the artist on the T-shirt, or would you rather it be like a cool, like says something cool or a design, and then like the names on the back kind of thing? Like, how are you on advertising that this T-shirt is from an artist? I have very specific thoughts on this. I I, I prefer de- I prefer design over branding. See, I do like I do like to see if the name is incorporated in a really cool way. If it's incorporated in if it's if the name is incorporated in an artistic way and not just like oh we slap the name on here. And I never buy anything where something's on the back. I only like really? front facing stuff. What if it's like tour dates on a back? Like that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That to me I don't have a problem with. But I mean if it's just like the name of something on the back, I, it feels weird to me. I don't know why. But if it is if it is a tour date, because basically what I am looking for. In a concert T-shirt, and I own a lot of T-shirts, is something that is as unique and special as the experience that I had when I was at the show. And so it feels like I will pick what I deem the most special design, feeling like this will encapsulate the special My experience feeling, that yeah. I have, rather than just you know like a, a, like an athletic tee with the branded. Uh, so like soft T-shirts, yes, and 
Well, who likes hard T-shirts, really? <laughs> I, I, old-timey gangsters. With low balls. From the 30s that yeah. now have low balls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been sort of very hard about – I don't like the idea of my name being on the front of the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I want it to be – I don't want it at all. But I've been told I have to have my name somewhere on it. But my question is why? I mean, I can have one with my name on it and so, or on the back – but I feel like I just want to make something cool that's interesting and people are going to wear. I don't necessarily need them to be advertising me. I mean, I don't think that T-shirts have to be looked at in that way. Like, well, that's a walking advertisement for me. Well, it is. I mean, it still is because if even if your name's not on it and it's a cool design, people someone's going to go, where'd you get that T-shirt? Oh, I got this in the Ingram Michelson concert. Right. And they'll be like, wow, that's pretty baller that she didn't, you know, like I think not putting your name on it's pretty, pretty, pretty baller. What's happening? At the same time. See? Oh, that's cool. Is this uh, an is this Oh, so that's not there. So take that away. So right now what we're looking at is a a mock-up of the merch t-shirt of mine. Now, if it was just this uh if it was just this atlas. So this and this shows the numbers and the little arrow show that where we're going and what that's not the right. Those aren't the right things, but it's going to show like the city where we are. I'll say the number of the first show and then the little design about where we go. Now, personally, I like your name on this shirt. Because uh, it's sort of a wireframe design. Yeah. And the way that it's handwritten like this, it just looks like someone sketched it out. So that's okay. And so it's what I said before. I was like, if it's incorporated in an artistic way, I feel like this is cool. If I saw this without your name on it, then I wouldn't know what the fuck was going on, you know? And I'd be like, oh, it's a 2015 tour. Like, I feel like it leaves one too many questions. Okay. But just having, yeah, having your name... I think I think that's pretty. I think that's without pretty cool. all those lines, yeah. Okay. Without all those lines underneath, but then and then it'll show like every city that like oh I went to number sixteen, you know I was in or I was in Houston. That's number seven. Like it shows the which the number of the show that we did. Like I like that. I like it being personal to the tour. Yeah, I mean, and you can you know you could put this list on the back too, so that if you you could see oh like okay, the you won't buy it. but well but I said I would buy if the tour dates were on the back. Okay. I don't know why I'm really I'm really finicky about it. if it's just one branded name on the yeah, back of something. I, I don't I, that that feels like ugh I'm a billboard you know yeah yeah that's I feel like that's what I'm I feel very I'm very sensitive about like social media like I don't like pr- promoting myself that much and I do it uh, begrudgingly a lot but it's like you don't want to. Um, you want to give people you want we want people to feel that they're choosing you not that you're forcing them to choose you right you know and i think that's like a big thing for me just across the board but but with yeah on on, on like twitter like i hate i just don't want to like keep saying come to this come to that look at look at me here but i know that's the whole point of it for me yeah i mean it's you you, you do and i think there are creative ways that you can do yeah, that yeah. you know like you can I, th- I think there is sort of a give and take that you can – as part of your agreement because I think people understand, well, you of course you have to promote if you want to perform. People need to know. Right. And if you don't really promote stuff, you're kind of doing a disservice to your fans if right. you perform somewhere and they're like, when are you coming to Denver? I was just there. Oh, I didn't know about it. Yeah, it, No matter how I much did, no. you think you're talking about it. My, 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 the funny thing with, with like Twitter or Instagram or anything is like you post – so a little poster of like these are the tour dates and or I have a new record something really exciting and you'll get a bunch of likes whatever. Then you post like a picture of you know you eating of I don't know a piece of pizza and making a silly face and you get like five as time as as many likes for it. Like people just like to see 
they want to, they want like a little little peek into your real life. You know, they're more interested in that than they are, or it seems so, than they are in the fact that you're touring or you. Well, yeah, but have that a new record. But that's the opportunity I think that you have to shove a piece of pizza in your face from a place in a town that you're going to. And then you can just say in the ah, caption, like, look at you. Hey, you know, I'm at. Well, uh, we hire Paul. And we have. <laughs> I'm at, you know, I'm at this pizza place. You know, I'm at Godfather's Pizza in whatever yeah, town. To be, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you're. And that's what I mean about, like, you're creating a relationship with your audience and you're giving them a little peek into your life, but then saying, like, but this peek is part of this other thing, which you can take or leave. You can still, you know, can someone enjoy. I think it's. How how advertising something is is how much someone could enjoy it without the advertisement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. can they enjoy it without that? And if they can, I think that's a good thing to put up. And if it just hinges on just the "Hey, look at me," yeah. then I think people are less interested because they're like, "Yeah," because everyone's trying to advertise to everyone. Yes, it's it's very overwhelming. And and the thing with social media is that you post something, but then within you know minutes, it's old. Yeah, and there's something new. There's something else to be looked at. So it's sort of the just like tiresome hamster wheel of failure. Well, people used to go to my like MySpace was a destination platform where people would go to your homepage, yeah, and just to experience all the stuff you know that you had to offer in your songs and who who else you followed and what stuff you were talking about. And really isn't that there's I mean there's websites there's if you have your own website, but there isn't there isn't really a yeah, what happened there? Everything moves so fast. I mean, I think Instagram is a place people will go and hang out because they can scroll. They can. Yeah. There's a lot of visual stimulation for them. You can only do 15 second videos, right? Yeah. And people watch less videos than they will look Didn't at. Some kid get famous from doing 15 second videos on on Instagram. There's a ton of Vine stars. Vine. Yeah. How many? Six. Sec- six seconds. Six seconds. Which is a I'm fun like an challenge. Old six seconds. What could you do in what six seconds? Don't I'll tell, tell your father. You <laughs> <laughs> we immediately it's the, the same, same turn. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm... Six second Vine stars. I'm really enjoying Periscope at the moment. I've heard about this. This is the new streaming Twitter thing. It's a, it's a live streaming app. And what's great about it is that it, it, it you know, if, I think if you're using it right, it should feel special because you're broadcasting stuff. I mean, you're live streaming... But, you know, the difficulty with live streaming in the past was it was expensive and who the platform and getting people to go. But since it's since it's part of Twitter, essentially, yeah. you're directing people from your, you know, from a lot of your... Do you have to download that? It's a separate app. Yeah, it's a separate app. It's, but it opens up into Twitter? It opens up on its own. On it opens up on its own. But, you know, you probably do so much fun stuff. Like, yeah. you do so much stuff on the road. It's like, hey, you could, you know, let people watch a rehearsal. And the cool thing about it is... You could have it not live at all on on Periscope, so they if you if people missed it, then it doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah. Or it can exist there for like a day, so it doesn't. And there's no time limit; it can go on as long. Go as on you as long want. as you want. So and and it doesn't it doesn't at least the way the build now the way it is it doesn't stay up there forever. So it's not like YouTube. So it really is kind of interesting capturing special moments in your life and your touring, and just to give people an idea of what your what your days are like. There's such simple ideas like that that how come that hasn't happened before? Well, I guess maybe it's so the technology was too it's, cumbersome. Or it's the, the technology and also it, it's happened a lot, but the problem is getting people to adopt it, you know? Right. Like Facebook and Twitter don't work if people don't go there. Right. And so there's a million apps and a million platforms that, you know, that venture capitalists raise 
50 million dollars for and then they just blow through it and no one went to it and then they just right. start all over again somewhere else. Do you so. watch that show Silicon Silicon? Yes, Valley? I did. I I I'm I'm behind this season because I've been traveling, but it's it's one of the best comedies. Kumail was just on the podcast a couple hours ago. Who? Kumail. Which one is Kumail, he? Kumail's on the show. What's Kumail's character's name? Don't I call him? He's our friend. You don't know. What does he look like? He's a Pakistani. Oh, he's the only Pakistani guy on it. Yeah. Okay. I know who he is. He's funny. <laughs> he's amazing. Ah, oh, that show is so good. I just discovered it. Not discovered it. Nobody else has seen it. I discovered it. <laughs> That's your show? Yes. Um, I found it. I, I'd seen ads for it a lot, but I, you know, sometimes when you, I have so many shows that I'm into that it's almost overwhelming because I'm like, oh, I'm so behind on that. I'm behind. And then I forget what's happened and then I have to like, I feel like I almost didn't want to start something new, but it seemed so easy to watch. So then I just started watching it and then I watched the whole series, which was, I think it was like 13 episodes or something. But I watched it in two days. So. Yeah, you can you can bang it. And it's a half hour, so yeah, you can bang it, so it out. Yeah, super fast. It's not like you, Game of Thrones or anything. But. Are you tour busing or are you... Um, when I tour, I go on the bus, yeah. But I, I, we don't really watch TV yet too much on the bus. We don't really have TV. We have a TV, but it never seems to work. It's always confusing. What or do you satellite. do on a bus all that time? Well, you sleep when it's moving. Then you get up and you go do shit. And oh, yeah, because you leave right after the shows. Yeah, or, I mean, people, you know, party, and I don't. I just sit in my pajamas. and I guess I do watch things on my computer. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like for some reason the, 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 the TV internet thing on buses, and I'm not, like, complaining, so people are listening to this, like, don't, I get it, first world problems. But the, the Wi-Fi never works, and the, we each have our own TVs in the bunks, but the TVs never seem to work, and so we don't really, we, we don't really do that. There was one tour a few years ago where we watched DVDs a lot and everybody's TVs worked in their bunks. It was a magical tour and we all watched Breaking Bad. So and good. So good. And it was, um, but it's dark, so dark. And we'd be watching like three episodes and we, at like two o'clock in the morning we'd all stick our heads out of our bunks and be like, oh, he's disintegrated. <laughs> Watch another one. You know, and then, you know, my friend Allie, she 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 never liked it because it would give her bad dreams, so she stopped watching it. But that was the one. Oh no, we watched Lost. There was a really like 2008. We all watched a whole bunch of Lost. I'm a total TV geekazoid. I watch so much TV. We're in a Renaissance period now. There's it's, a there's lot so of good, good television on. Walking Dead. I was so into Walking Dead, and I fell off of that. And I gotta get back on. You gotta get back on. You gotta get back I on. Know. I'm so I'm catching up on Game of Thrones. I'm just about to finish season four, so I can start watching season five. Wait, so you're catching up, as in you you are like redoing it, or you weren't, you didn't watch it at all? No, I uh, I had to catch up from last season. Okay. So I watch. There's ten episodes from season four, and I'm on episode ten. I'm about to watch okay. episode ten, oh, so I can start. So down. I can start. <laughs> shit's already been going down. It's so confusing. I had to rewatch the last two episodes in preparation for this season. Premiere because I was so confused about everything. I think there's only so many TV characters that I can remember their, you know, the plots because I've just been watching so many. Mad Men started. I haven't watched that. I'm obsessed with Mad Men. Do you watch that show? I don't see it in your eyes. I, ha- I yes, I've wa- I watched Mad Men for years, but again, behind this season, it's it's you mean mainly last. Oh, because this season was divided into seven episodes. Seven episodes. That's right. So these are the last. So you haven't seen any of this. I haven't seen this one. It's good yet. I'm dying to see it because I've been – since the first episode I watched that show, I'm like, how are they going to end this? You know, like I've always wanted to know where Don Draper ends up, like how know. good or fucked up. It, he can't have a happy ending. It's not possible, right? I have this theory that he's going to jump 
um, off of a off of a balcony or something, just because that's how the whole to mirror the thing. That's how the whole show begins. You know, him falling down. I'm like, are they foreshadowing that the, he's just? I don't gonna, think they're going to do that. I know, because but I like to think that they. I know. said, I said, I, I said that, I said that to John Ham, thinking that I had cracked this code. I'm like. I see it, man. The show's got to end with you jumping out the window like the credits, huh? And he was like, yeah, everyone says that. I'm like, fuck! Damn it! You mean I'm not original? <laughs> you are, just not about this one thing. Yeah. But everything else, yes. Yeah. I thought that I, – I guess it is very on the nose, but it just seems like – and then they keep teasing that balcony in their, in their apartment. Like, they keep showing the balcony – you know, in that New York apartment. Unless he was trying to throw me off the trail. He probably was. Nice try, Ham. Yeah, you're not going to get us, Ham Dog. You're not going to get us in our long balls. <laughs> and our pubes. <laughs> All 450 per square inch. <laughs> uh, in I'll a certain region. Square inches. In a certain region. So That's hard, though. Okay, let me not talk about pews anymore. It's very <laughs> difficult for me to not talk about pews. So anymore. taints are no, taints. <laughs> What's a taint? <laughs> Just kidding. I know what it is. I feel like this podcast is important for you because it's helping you get all this filth out, so that you so that you can like purge. It's basically like the hope purge. none of the eight year olds go and listen to it. Yeah, they won't. Yeah, they won't. I don't like the kids don't listen to the podcast. It's 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 grown ups. Yeah. It's teenagers and grown ups and teenagers. Unless I say on Twitter, hey. Hey kids, go listen to this podcast. <laughs> Eight-year-olds only. Don't say that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I'm going to pretend this never happened. <laughs> I'm going to dye my hair and move to a different country. Ingrid Michaelson. That was Mingrid Eichelson. <laughs> that was uh, Bridget Gilderson. She's been posing as me for a long time, but clearly I am me. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm British all of a sudden. I am but one. Yeah, person. You know what we should do? You should let me... Um, you could play something really fast and I could periscope it and tell people that you're going to get on periscope. Oh, that's a good idea. That we could we can figure out if we can get that jam going. Hi, Michael. Hi. <clears throat> when you were here before I couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You flow like a feather in a beautiful world You think you're so special I wish that I was special But I'm a Control. 
I hear you're a Radiohead fan. Huge Radiohead fan. That was one of my karaoke songs. Yeah, I used to go to karaoke. My karaoke song is Criminal by, by uh, Fiona Apple. Yeah, you could sing the shit out of that. It's light, nice and like low, so you know you, you, have, you have where to go. You have where to go. You have where to go. You got where to go, you know? Fiona Apple was uh, the first time you heard her voice and the first time you're sorry, like, how does that... Bassy voice. I know. She's like, so she, little and tiny. It's amazing. Have you seen her live ever? Um, I'm sure I've you probably saw her at Largo once. I never saw her. Go to Largo. Go to Largo. Do you ever knew that new record? Not the not really new anymore. But she has a song called Go to Largo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm I would assume it's probably based on Largo. Yeah. Yeah, in LA. Because it plays been. it plays on their website. It plays on their oh, website. Oh, does it? Yeah. Um do you want to play anything else before we nah. <laughs> I'm very sick of my own voice, my singing voice. It's amazing. You fucking crushed that song. Let's leave it at that then, you know. End with a high note. You you ended with a high note. Okay. Um is there anything else you want to you want to plug the tour? Do you want to plug what, Yeah, what we... yeah, yeah, tour. The tour's going to be really fun. We're we're bringing out a carpenter, as I said before. I can't wait to see his work. <laughs> um and it's just uh, we have like a whole lighting rig and it's basically my show on steroids, like we're just taking it up a notch, as they say. And it's going to be really fun and big. And um, I want to have little, like, small, intimate moments too. But I, I just, we're doing big venues, big, big production. And then I'm going to kind of go into hiding and make a record. So. Do you think it was confusing when the Carpenters went on tour and they had to hire Carpenters? carpenters. You were thinking about the whole time. I was listening to what you were saying, but then thinking in the back of my brain. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, probably they probably didn't have carpenters back then. Back in the seventies, they didn't have carpenters. No, this is a new thing, carpentry. You know, you could fucking crush a carpenter song. Ugh, I, I don't like ra- her voice. <laughs> Rainy, well, then make it your own. Rainy days and Mondays. She loves the carpenters. Rainy days and Mondays would be a really. I don't know how that goes. Um, is it better than my ball song? No, no, but there isn't really Rainy anything better days than your ball song. And Mondays. Those sound like two things that Garfield doesn't like. He doesn't like, but he loves lasagna. Because <laughs> um, cats don't like the rain. Let's see if I have. Uh, let's see if I have rainy. You could days. have totally brought that back with Thundercats, but I couldn't figure it out fast enough. Let's see. Oh, yes, I know this one. Her voice just 
She sounds like she's got like like a matzo ball stuck in her throat all the time or something. Or a piece of grandma's hard candy. Here it comes. Talking to myself and <clears throat> She coughs and she's like, I don't mind. <laughs> that's a, that. I know what that's a reference to. You do? That's a reference to the man with two brains. Yes! Holy shit! <laughs> I'll leave the we are gonna inject her with Windex. a window cleaner with yeah. Windex. Yeah. Is it, my, is it my voice? What's it do? It it keeps your brain what does he say? Uh, he says, uh, it makes your brain die last. Right. I, don't I don't mind. mind. Is it because of my voice? Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, he finds the perfect physical specimen. And that's right and before Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin. Kills yep. her in the elevator. Yeah. Merv Griffin, you're the elevator killer? Yeah. Always loved to kill. Really enjoyed it. Well, I what was what was the name? What was the name of, of the brain that he loved? Uh, uh, Anne Amelmahe. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Uh, uh, Arnold Huffar. Huffar. H U F. It's just as simple as it sounds. H U F U H U U H R R. Huffar. Huffar. Yep. Yep. That's a good movie. We were talking about that before you came in. Into the mud, scum queen. I grew up watching only the TV versions of all those movies, so I didn't know any of the real juicy things. Like in The Jerk, I thought the dog's name was stupid, stupid. the whole time, not yeah. shithead. Yeah. You should call him stupid. That's what I thought it was. But then I, I – it's so funny watching movies like that as a kid and then watching them as an adult and you're just like – but I loved them as a kid. I loved the man with two brains because there was brains and – Glass jars, and that was cool. And the sexy stuff, you'd like, eh, you know, you wouldn't watch the kissing. But but then as a grown up, you're like, this is so funny in a way that I never got as a kid. And he lived in a condo that looked like a that, that oh, guy the, lived, the, yeah. David uh, Warner lived in a condo that Dr. looked like Necessitor. a Doctor Necessitor, and his, it looked like a done. It looked like an old laboratory, but it was paper thin because yeah. it was a condo. Go through the walls. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I'm gonna watch that movie again. You should watch that movie. I'm gonna again. watch it. Have you seen it, Everlyn? We should watch it. It's good. It's my voice. I'll never. I that movie it's still mine. kills me. Uh, well, just really quickly, what are some of your other? So, Man with Two Brains. Like favorite movies growing up, kind of yeah. thing. Oh gosh. Well, now all I can think of is the, the those two movies, those two Steve Martin movies. Uh, Ghostbusters, of course. Um. Well, I mean, I'm obsessed with Christmas, so any Christmas movie. Like, Christmas Story. Scrooged. Scrooged, I kind of discovered later in life. Bill Murray's so grumpy in that. I know that's the whole point of it, but... Well, he is Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a little bit much, okay? Um, <laughs> what else was Take like it down movie? a notch, what Dickens. Was, like, big, like, 80s... Why? What, what movies did you like? You know, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caddyshack, Fletch. Didn't, like, didn't watch those, too. Um, um, let's see. What's some other fun? I mean, you know, I liked all the John Hughes movies. Weird Science. Yeah. Um, uh, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. Three O'Clock High is a really great movie if you I haven't seen it. That. It's real good. Never saw it. It's real good. I used to watch a lot of musicals too. I never listened to the radio growing up, ironically. Not until I was in high school. My dad said all pop music sounds the same. So I just sort of believed him growing up. And I would watch, um, watch like all like... Judy Garland and Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and all that stuff. So <laughs> Exactly. Hey, were you really in Rock of Ages? Yeah. You were Stacy Jacks? I was in the original production. Wait, when? In 2005 uh, and six. 
It's been around for that long? Yeah, we did it in L.A. for almost two years. Oh. Well, for like a year. So you weren't in New York? No, I couldn't. I was working. And, um, you know, when they first took it to – we did a run in Vegas at first, and then Vegas wasn't interested. And so they said, okay. And then it, was, it went dark for like two years. And then they were like, hey, we're going to do it off-off-Broadway, you know, but we can't really pay you anything to do it. Can you move here? And, and, and they were nice to offer to me. I'm like, I can't. I'm yeah. working in L.A. and I can't just move to New York. And, and also – It was funny. I'm not a trained singer. Like I can, I can, I can rock a rock ballad but not – not in eight shows a week. Right. It was completely like my voice. Shreds. Yeah, because the one I saw, it was the guy from uh, American Idol, Constantine Constantine, yeah. yeah. We got little bottles of champagne and we just got very drunk watching that. And the sec- but by the time my friend Deb and I went and we had like a whole bunch of champagne by the second act, we moved up because there was like seats that were empty in the front and we had the best. It was so much fun. It was a fun so, show to do. It was basically just like million so dollar karaoke. Self, so self-deprecating though, like making fun of making fun of I went to school for theater so I always wanted to be on Broadway that was like my dream um, so whenever I go to a show I'm always like oh. that would have been a fun way to do it because oh, it's so super like 80s glam yeah 80s. I think they were making, really and they were making fun of themselves the whole time yeah. like they weren't trying to make it like they were some serious thing I loved it and that like for me the only way I can do music is through comedy because I'm too afraid to just do it because I want yeah. people like you're fuck you right, right you're a comedy guy go fuck you who the fuck do you think you you know so you gotta mix them together so Did I you have see to... Book of Mormon yeah it's great I didn't see Gad in it though. I didn't see Josh in it. I saw the other. The, I did. The, I saw it the like third week it opened, and it was so ridiculously good. You've been distracted by something. Did you read my bracelet? I li- I was reading your bracelet, which a just looks like it says this. Ingrid. It does. A fan made it with beads. I'm trying to describe it to people. It's not that exciting. You know, we uh, the way that we got Tom Cruise on the podcast was that I was moderating a panel of a movie that he was on at San Diego Comic Con. And he came out, and I hadn't met him yet. He was, he was like, I knew he was going to be there, but he was surprised to everyone else. And so there were like 7,000 people in Hall H. And he came out, and they lost their, he, everyone lost their minds. And, and the first thing he says is like, uh, hey, Chris, you and I have something in common. I'm like, how do they know my name? And then uh, and he was like, Rock of Ages. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh. how do you know that? And I'm super flustered. And then all of a sudden, he just goes, I want to know what love is. And then everyone looked, at, and it was the fucking. I, I was like, I died on the way here. I died. Right, this isn't right, real. Right. And then so I answered, I want you to show me. And then he does, I want to feel. What lo-. And now I'm singing a fucking duet <laughs> with Tom Cruise of I want to know what love is in front of seven thousand people. They must have lost their shit. I lost my shit. Well, you know, that's all right. When Tom Cruise sings at you, you can lose your shit. And then you were like, hey, I want to do my podcast. That's exactly yes. what happened. Yes, and he did it. And did he you did talk it. about Scientology? No. Ah. Well, he wasn't going to talk about it. Yeah. So it just sort of felt like. Did you watch that going for shit? I haven't seen it yet. What? I've been on the road. I'm on the road every weekend. It's pretty intense. You know, the thing that, the thing, like, HBO Go is great. The problem is that uh, airplanes and hotels mm-hmm. are so slow that you, it's, like it's a, such, such a, a problem. horrible thing. It is the worst. HBO, no. H- <laughs> HBO, go away with that slow internet. Yeah, that's a much catchier one. <laughs> HBO, go away. I mean, seriously. Yeah. No one has it worse. Some people have it worse. <laughs> Some people have dial-up. They have it worse. They have dial-up. Yeah, so I haven't. I'm not caught up on it yet. 
It's pretty intense. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of the same thing over and over and over again, but it's pretty intense. But yeah, watch it. All right, I will. Get back to me. I will get back to you. Give me a report. I, I hope that we get to... When are you playing the Greek? Is what, what? June 11th. June 11th? Oh, but this is just this is not just for LA. No, it's June 3rd to June 30th is the, is the whole tour. And we're doing 20 cities? 20 cities in... 27 days or something and like that. And then you're going to go home and rest for a couple days, and then you're going to start working on the new album. Yes. Well, I've already started writing, so I'm just going to continue to write, and then hopefully we can record it in the fall and have, have it pretty much done by the end of the year. That's my hope. Anything you're super excited about in the new album? Or the yeah. Get- yeah. There's a bunch of really fun songs. and I um, I know you lost your father recently. I lost my mom pretty recently, too. In, yeah, in, fuck, I'm sorry. In August. Yeah. So, but ever and, – and actually, I was listening to your podcast with Jack, and you were talking about – he and you were talking about how when you lose somebody special, it's sort of, I mean, if you choose to, you can see things really clearly yeah. afterwards. And um, it's really helped my writing in that I just care less about what I think people want to hear. Not what people want to hear, but I just, I, I care less. And, yeah. I, and I'm having more fun and I'm just making the music I want to make and, um, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Well, I mean, in a way, that's sort of yeah. When that when that happens, and I'm sure it's uh, you know, it, it sounds like this is this is what you're saying is that you you're kind of you kind of go like, oh, well, that's the worst thing that can happen. So yes. it, nothing else fucking matters. I said the other day, I was like, if I survived, like pretty much the one thing I've been fearing my whole life besides my own death, yeah, and I'm I'm like okay, and I can laugh, and I can still enjoy life, and I'm devastated at moments but i i'm okay and if i can do that then i can do anything pretty much yeah unfortunately it's sort of like the it's sort of like one of the last gifts that your parents give to you is the you surviving their passing and and it is kind of a you know you you do feel like there's this weird sort of like oh i i think i just grew up in a weird way because now i am on this now i've been promoted to the senior level you know and it's a strange it is strange, and it, but you know if you if you can if you can harness it in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't do anything about it. It's no. just the way shit is, you know. And I know, and I, it's you know it's so contrived when people say things like, "Well, she wouldn't want you to be unhappy," but it but but I know that it's true. I know my mother was always so supportive of me. So was my father, but she was so supportive. Amazing artist, and um, and I know she would want me to to use to use this feeling I have and this, you know, this new clarity and, um, in the way that I am using it. So it's the best way that I can, you know, be still connected to her too. So. Yeah. And also yeah. honor them and, yeah. you know, like in it and it's, yeah, I completely, completely. And it's, but yes, I am. That's her. Oh, that's cool. But I am excited. Yeah. I'm excited about a bunch of this. I'm excited about the whole thing. I'm just excited about everything pretty much. Cause everything feels new. Everything feels different and kind of like it's not starting over, but everything is different now. Yeah, you know, I am, I am, I was so much like a little her, and now I, I still am. But I now, like you said, I'm at the top of the food chain, so to speak. You know, so um, while it's very sad and and something that you don't really ever get over, right? You incorporate it into your life, and especially if you have great friends and family that are around you, and you can talk to them. I think it's it, I'm turning. What I what I can take out of it, and I'm making it as positive as I can. Yeah, so, and, and yeah. you also, I told someone recently who was kind of going through something like that. I'm like, yeah, and all those times where when you would say something before, I'm like, ugh, it sounds like my dad, you know. And then after the fact, 
then you're like, oh, then you really cherish those moments yeah. because that's what makes you feel connected and not like a, a bratty teenager. You're like, I need to be my own person. I yeah. need to be like my dad. You I know? had that realization. I, I, I spoke at her memorial. I spoke for the family. And, um, and I – and I had this whole script that I had written out and I was reading it. And then I went kind of off script and, and for a second just talking about how like I used to hate when I would realize I was doing something like her. And now like or hand motion or like something in my voice. And I was like, ugh. And now I – yeah, like you said, it's like I'm so happy that I have that still. I'm so happy that I that I have these moments where I'm like, oh, that's my mom. Like her hands were very similar to mine except they were just fatter. Like she just had these chubby little hands. And when I go hiking, my hands get chubby, and I I love it now. So I look at them and I'm like, oh my god, oh, that's, that, that's my mom. That's those, that's but what, then they deflate and they go back to my long skinny hands. But um, yeah, it's it's such an odd thing. But it's it. I feel like such beautiful things can come out of such misery if you allow it. If you allow it. Well, if you don't, then you know it's sort of like the alternative is then you just you, wither away. You kind of, yeah. So it's I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's just a nice thing to do. I think it's essential to survival yeah. and being able to thrive. And, you know, I mean, you think about – I mean, I don't have any – do you have any kids? Mm-mm. I don't either. But if I did have kids and I died, I wouldn't want them to be so ruined by it that they couldn't function. Yeah. I'd want them to take the positive things they could yeah. and then, you know, like lead happy lives. Of course, of course you would want that. So, you know – it's it it is a it's a shitty thing to go through and unfortunately a natural thing to go through but it it, it is if you can spin something positive out of it then and I also feel like I also feel like because it happened relatively young for me I think that I I want to help my friends who are going to go through it like I feel like it's kind of like my job now is to be like well I'm okay you can be okay you know yeah. um I took because uh, when when she passed, I really gravitated to other people who were of my age or that had lost parents because I needed to like, are you you're still alive? Like you're functioning, you're still making music, you're still making video. Like how like how are you doing that? And they're like, you just you you'll be there, you'll get there, and that helped me so much. And I was like, oh, I ha- like this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be this person that helps people through this because they were so essential to me. Um, well, also yeah. your music. If you write songs that are related to that. Or if something, you know, even if it's not as on the nose as, you know, yeah. I lost a parent. But if there's something that has the feel that you'll help so many people get through, you know, with that. So, yeah. you know, like you, the effect and, and then you kind of knowing that, you know, that your mom is sort of like lives on through these other people who were able to use that in a time where they really needed it. I mean, like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, it's sort of bigger than your, than my mind can conceive sometimes. And I think about stuff like that, but yeah, it's, it's a good life. If you, again, if you let it be good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But sometimes that can be challenging and, you know, cause we do, we are human beings and we do sometimes like, man, the internet, blah, 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 yeah. you know, but then, uh, but fortunately, <laughs> If you can remind yourself, like, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter, yeah. <laughs> then then you'll be then you'll be okay. Yeah, we, we're allowed some first world problem moments. Yeah, we're, we are we are people. Like yeah. we still we still you know we're people as, of the first world. As long as we're not defined by them, I think that's the important thing. Yeah. You're allowed to have moments. Just don't let it be like everything is such a chore. Oh, <laughs> oh, have to drive all the way to the Starbucks. <laughs> Can't they just build a funnel? <laughs> Put it in my gaping they have, they have Starbucks drive-throughs now. I know, but can't the Starbucks drive-through me? <laughs> Just put itself in my tummy. All oh, the agony. Yeah, can you pee for me? Wouldn't that be amazing? They should make an app for that. 
Yes. Transfer your pee to someone else and then they have to go do it. Proxy like in the pee. morning when you're cold and you don't want to get out of bed. That's right. You know what? I know we have to end, but let's end on this. Okay. I have a really good invention. Don't steal it, anybody. That, you've said the golden rule that makes it impossible I've to steal. I patented it in my mind. All right. You know when you're laying in the bed with your lady or your man and, you, and you're laying on your side mm-hmm. and you have this one arm that's like squished up and you have this arm is free but then your arm that you're on like you can't – Starts to fall like asleep. You don't want to go under their head. Yep. They have to make holes in the mattresses in key areas where people will want to stick their arms <laughs> with – with um, like like tunnels, yeah, like a wide tunnel. I see you writing. Don't steal it. So like you're laying on your side, and you're like, oh, my arm is so dead. Let me slip it in this hole. Okay, and then it's like a, a good like foot of cushion, like like halfway through the, or maybe like six inches, let's say a foot. But like it sits in there, and it's not squished necessarily. That I have to figure out the the material. But then your arm isn't dying, and you have this arm to go over here, and then your other arm's in the hole. I love that idea, mattress. and I think you need to call it the hug hole. I have another invention called the bosom buddy, which kind of goes with the hug hole. The hug hole sounds really dirty. <laughs> Do you want to put ketchup in my hug yes, hole? Yes, please don't fuck your hug hole. <laughs> right. Well, the holes will be too big for that. Well, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. The other invention is called the bosom buddy, and it's like a pillow that sits in between your boobs so that when you lay on your side, your boobs go together, but they don't make those old lady lines on your chest. Interesting. There's something similar out, but it's not as good. Mine will come with a patented cream and a harness, a soft harness. A harness. And it's called Bosom Buddy. The it's whole, the hug hole. Hug hole. From the makers of the hug hole. Yeah, exactly. Bosom Buddy from the makers of the hug hole. That is a uh, th- – when you get back from your tour, before you start the album, you work on those inventions and then you can Go to Shark Tank. Then you can go to Shark Tank yeah. and sing your idea. Yeah. To Mark Cuban, who'll be like, I, I went on that show and I sang on that show to promote somebody's app, somebody's tablature app. You scrolling did? tablature. Yeah, it was a scrolling tablature on an iPad and you can kind of learn on it. And and he was playing B OK. He's like, Well, I can't play it that well. So let me and then he's like, Maybe somebody else can. And then I came out and I played it. And they were like, Oh, does she come with the app? Like one of the sharks said oh, that. Jesus Christ. I don't mind. I um, don't mind. And I did. I, I was I was sold. To Mark Cuban. Oh, no. Half a million dollars. Oh, that's... that's I just nice. got out. I just got out. You okay? Yeah, he treats, tr- treated me pretty well. Um, <laughs> he didn't go near my hug hole. <laughs> okay, good. Good. He stayed away from your bosom, buddy. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I was on that show, but yeah. I'll go on for the hug hole. The hug hole. I love it. And if you order now, you get two hug holes for the price of one. What? Wait, you're just buying a hole or you're buying a mattress with a hole in it? Wait, you're wait. Like the Acme Maybe hole from Roger Rabbit? Maybe there's a way to make it happen in your mattress. Like, okay, I got to think about this. I'll give Does you a cut. Does this hole come in uh, various sizes? No reason. Does it come in different scents? Come in anything smaller? Come in anything smaller? Smaller. Um, and lubricated? Will the petroleum jellies ruin the hug hole? I, I, I mean, just uh, to loop up my arm to get under there to properly hug this person that I definitely have... In, in my life. Well, I'm uh, in love. I'm in love. <laughs> it's two hug holes of both your eyes are going and then one down below. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> solo hug hole. <laughs> hug holes. The trifecta. Yep. There it is. <laughs> you are a fantastic guest. All lubricated. All the For entire. permutations. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I go to bed in, with lube on. Who doesn't? <laughs> Oh, I'm weird. I always wanted to be a seal, okay? 
I'm just picturing it. Yeah. Sliding around. Off <laughs> Gross. All right. You've been trying to end this for a while, so let's no, end I'm it. I'm not trying to end it at all. I think you've been, you've been, you've been a fantastic guest. It was a great slow guest. date. It was good. Thank you very much for being here uh, in this wonderful studio that is Swing House. And uh, I, I'll see you. I'll, I'll, if I'm in town, I'll come to the Greek show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now get out of my house. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.